Good evening. And welcome to the African American Department of the Enoch Pratt Free Library. I am Vivian Fisher, manager of the department, and it is my pleasure to introduce this evening, this evening's guest poet, Mr. Robert Sonny Wood. As we end this month in celebration of Poetry Month, we look forward to hearing Mr. Wood recite his insightful and thoughtful, thought-provoking poems. Mr. Wood has accomplished numerous awards, citations, and recognitions for his poetry, photography, and theatrical works. He is a longtime member of the Arena Players, and he appeared in plays throughout the Baltimore area. Also to his acting credit, he had the opportunity to appear on the HBO movie The Wire, filmed on location in Baltimore City. But before we welcome Mr. Woods to the program, podium, his childhood friend would like to say a few words about Mr. Woods. Please welcome Mr. Charles Gibbs. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure to be here and to say a few words about my dear, uh, long, lifelong friend, Robert Sonny Woods. Uh, uh, I sort of prepared a, a few notes. I understand I only got five minutes, so I'm going to try to make it, you know, give it, uh, be uh, true to that. So it gives me great pleasure to present... Uh, to some of you and to introduce to others of you, my dear and long friend, the visual and performing artist, Robert Sonny Woods. Uh, I've known Sonny Woods for over 60 years. Uh, and I've witnessed him evolve. Uh, I remember initially we started out as young men. He became uh, uh, very active in uh, uh, community organizing and activism. And uh, uh, later, I, I saw him evolve into a gifted photographer, and he chronicling the life of the inner city. Uh, after years, I moved out of Baltimore for a long period of time. When I came back, I was asked by a friend of mine to come to a play. As uh, a matter of fact, uh, uh, Sam Wilson, he was the director of the Arena Players, and uh, he invited me down to a play that he was directing. And lo and behold, when I look up, I see Robert Sonny Woods on the stage in a play by the playwright uh, 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 John Steinbeck of Mice and Men, one of my greatest, one of my, my best, most beloved uh, plays. And, uh, and I was amazed and very proud to see him uh, and how he was evolving. And I kind of saw how, over the years uh, that I'd known him, that activism and that involvement in the community, how it sensitized him and developed in him a, a, a feel and a touch for the man on the street. And I could see it uh, uh, indicated in his performance on stage. Uh, Uh, let me see. Uh, and and I, saw, I saw his photography. I looked at his works, uh, 
and how he would capture everyday commonplace scenes and the way that he would frame them, it would transform it and it would add to it a dignity that normally would have been missed by, the, the, by say, the, the, the untrained eye. I saw this, this sensitivity, this, uh, 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 this sense of, of taking what, uh, again, I say is the commonplace and, and bringing it full life and adding to it and, and, and sort of bringing it into focus. Um, and that brings me to the publication of his first book, The Eye of the Poet. And it pretty much says pretty much what I've been saying or what I'd hoped to say. The eye of the poet. He has the eye of the poet. Poets are very special people. Uh, they capture whole chunks of life and synchronize it down into little, unique, concise bites of, 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 of sound bites. Um, Robert Woods is very uh, uh, effective at this skill, at this, at this uh, ability. Um, and from this evening, a number of the selections that will be presented will be selected from here. Uh, and finally, I will say that uh, I don't. I, I took a, a moment to to put this together, so I'm going to refer to my notes now. Uh, I say, and the thoughts uh, uh, bring me now to this: uh, Robert's observations and his nuances, uh, like his photography and stage performances, reveal a deep, penetrating insight into into the bewildering complex, often painful, yet sublimely beautiful souls of black folk who live and breathe in the streets of Baltimore, much of which we refer to as Sandtown. And that, with that, I'd like to bring to the front, are you ready, sir? Sir Robert Sonny Woods. Thank you. Again, thank you very much, everyone that's in attendance. This is, this is just overwhelming. I'm, I'm really pleased that, that you could turn out for this, this magnificent, momentous occasion because it'll never come again. That's what makes it special. And, you know, I was listening to the radio today as I was trying to get my uh, format together here. And um, I heard them mention the fact that Freddie Gray was buried today a year ago. Wow. So I am, you know, uh, what can I say? I'm just so, just so excited and, and gratified to have this opportunity. I mean, in spite of the tragic situation. But I have the opportunity to share my thoughts and feelings about how I was moved with that event. Yes. My effort with my latest product, can everyone see this? 
It's titled, Worlds Apart. And that's, that seems to be the gist of, of life in itself, uh, in, 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 a, in a nutshell, as a whole. Everything has its own little world. You know, we live in what is considered the big aspect of the world, the planet Earth that we live on, but yet we are microscopic when it comes to the universe. How about that? But yet we exist. Otherwise, this don't even be a conversation with you and I this evening. That's, that, that just woo, gives me chills to think that we exist in this big, vast universe that's, you know, infinite. infinite. It, it, it has no ending. It has no beginning. But yet we exist. Whew. Heavy. So these are kind of things that, that bogs my mind, you know, and gets, gets my juices stirred up when I'm trying to uh, put my thoughts and ideas together. So, moving right along, I have a lot to try to share with you today. So if you will, I know you're going to have some questions about something that I'm going to say, but I ask for your indulgence to hold your questions until after I have completed my effort. That way we can keep a smooth flow, because I'm going to be stumbling and bumbling enough myself, you see, so we don't need no more introduction. Uh, you know what I mean. However, as I was stating, it's a pleasure to see all of you here this evening. I see a lot of my friends, comrades, constituents, Family, friends, and loved ones. I, I look over here to my right, I see my wife's cousin, you know, my wife Denise's cousin. I look back there, I see one of my old and dearest friends, two daughters, and that's, that's, that's great. Back there, I see some of the guys I grew up with, and it's, of course, a, a child included, from when we was like 14, 15, 16 years old. And we still have a friendship, and we still putting one in front of the other. <laughs> Ain't that great? And there go my good friend back there, Charlie Duggar. Been a t tremendous motivator in my life. Yes. Give Charlie a hand. That brother has been a tremendous motivator in my life. He motivated me at times when I was going through something. I'm going through something now. <laughs> I'm facing some challenges with a bit of a health situation, but I don't let it dampen my spirits. I don't let it deter my motivation or determination. I was determined to be here this evening. No excuses. If I could put one in front of the other, I was going to get here. And I see my other good friend there, Edna, one of my colleagues from the grill circle. You see, I've grown a, a step more, Charles. I'm now a member of the Griot Circle. Oh man, and that's a that's a that's, that's that organization is just wow, you know, nationally known if not internationally. That's great too. So moving on, as I was saying, uh, I I don't make no excuses. Once uh, the Creator's given me some strength, some desire and motivation, I try to. Hold fast to my assignment, as I call it. 
You see, that's what we are as poets. Those who identify, you know who you are. We are the pulse of the human family. We're the ones that have to keep them conscious, mindful, you know, of what they need to do when they're not doing it. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? You know what I'm saying? I look, at, I look at this election thing that just went down. You know, yeah, a lot of, uh, 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 you know, uh, what am I trying to say? A lot of the people that was competing, uh, they didn't turn out too good. Some won, of course, and some lost, as it always is. And that's the way it rolled, as we say. But nevertheless, you know, uh, there is a, a divine creative spirit that's in control of everything. And I guess that those that won is who he chose to win, if we believe that, you know? So I let, I let that be where it's at and, and, and try to, again, look at, look at uh, excuse me, look at the uh, situation as my, uh, again, good friend Kathy Pugh says, I look at the glasses being half full instead of being half empty. That means that we still got a lot of room and a lot of work to do, and that's what we do. Those that are committed continue to be involved and continue to do. At this point, I would like to go forward with what I feel is one of my most dearest uh, accomplishments. Because as I was sitting in my quiet time one day, I just thought about all that the Creator had blessed me with, the fact that I was still here on this planet, the fact that I was an ex-everything. Yeah, yeah, they call you exes when you've been exposed to things. So if that's a title that you want to identify with me with at one time, then there I was. But that's not me today, you see. I transcended from there to here. Right. I don't stay where I don't choose to be. I try to move forward, you know. I want to make progress. I want to share. I want to be involved. And so when I thought about all that, again, the Creator had blessed me with, I said, please give me the thoughts to put on this paper to show my gratitude for all that you've done for me. And you know what? He did. Uh, as we say sometime, it did. Uh, as we say sometime, it was done. And so, this is my prayer. I thank you, God, for this great and blessed day. For all that you have gathered to come this way. Thanks to you, Lord God, for all you've done. Mm -mm -mm. I thank you for my battles won. Thank you, Creator, for giving me the tools to use to set me free. 
And I thank you too, Jesus. Yes, I do. With all my heart. Because like you, I will continue to do my part to help another father, mother, friend or neighbor, sister, brother that's in distress and need a hand as we trod this old earthly land. To show my gratitude to you, this is what I have pledged to do. Please keep me focused day and night. Let your sun, moon, and stars be my guiding light. God, I am committed to do my part. This is my prayer, straight from my heart. And so, thank you. Thank you much. It was done. This is that asked for. It was done. And so I, I moved on. I started thinking about the beauty of the pen, that magnificent object, you know, that we utilize to communicate with, to show our... Um, to show out, uh, where we want to go from, excuse me, from, from point A to point B even. And so, I came up with this. I came up with this little, little nicey here, this little nice things. It says, the beauty of the pen comes from within the depths of my mind. And my most ardent thoughts come forth. And I manifested on what was once considered rubbish. Mm -hmm. And so, I moved on from there to, to where we are today in a way. I'm going to be skipping about, of course. Because I do want to touch on Freddie Gray. That was uh, that was really uh, one of the most uh, harrowing uh, situations to surface in this town in a many a day, if not a many a year. But I know how we refer to it as a, a riot, but it really wasn't. It was just and unrest, and uprising. Just people showing their disgruntledness, their anger, you know. And, 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 and they, just, they just had to demonstrate it, you know. And so that's what they did. But a riot, it wasn't like 68. It wasn't like 67 in Buffalo where I was. When Nathan came through Cleveland, it wasn't like Watts, nothing like that. And we are better off that it didn't. 
because it would have been another big, big, big mess. And I'm grateful that it didn't develop into that, that level of, of, of disruption. And, and so, nevertheless, I wanted to show where we go from the death of Freddie Gray to wherever we are now and hopefully beyond. And I wrote this, I call it AM, like the aftermath, like the morning after. So it's titled AM. The carnage, the aftermath, the turmoil, the corruption, the destruction, the hopes and dreams of yesterday, yesterday's tragedies, today's realities. But the universal spirit that produces the external, internal peace will provide the external, internal love as we continue to move forward. So let it rain. Let it rain on the old way of what was. Let it rain on the new day of what is. Let it rain on the thoughts of what will be (laughs) when brotherhood reigns unconditionally in the AM. Thank you. Thank you. Recently, some of you may be aware and some may not, and maybe everyone is, but there was a birthday that came, came about. Um, several have, of course, but this one I noticed particularly because I wrote something about this individual. Her name was Eunice Wayman. Anybody familiar with Eunice Wayman? Of course you are. <laughs> Go right ahead, Mr. Duggar. I'll give you that honor. That's correct. Nina Simone. That was one of the, that was one of my favorite female uh, singers, believe me. Um, I went back to when I first met Nina. Uh, you know, uh, according to uh, meeting her on the uh, record player, <laughs> when she did Porgy and Bess. Anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. I love you, Porgy. Yeah, Nina. It says, My journey will echo. The joy and pain of Malcolm, Martin, Marcus, Robertson, Hughes, Dunbar, Miles, Train, Parker, Ella, Sarah, Dinah. Echo the rest of the best that have come and gone before her. Echo her travels 
through the cycle of life as she inspired, motivated, and released her creative juices with her very best effort. Mm-hmm. So, she just wanted to thank you, world, for allowing her, her to sing her songs again. I love you, Porgy. Little girl blue, Mississippi God, dog, the king of love is dead. Young, gifted, and black. There were many, many, many more, including the legendary Oh, Baltimore. Ain't it hard just to live? Ha! So, she just want to thank you for allowing her to let her soul unfold and behold a glimpse of what was, what is, and what can be. The echo of tomorrow. Joy and pain. Miles and train. I love you, Porgy. Thank you. Thank you. In my writing efforts, I I go the whole genre. I I, I write a little hip hop, you know, so called. I give it that beat and that flavor, but I don't stay there, and I don't use a, a lot of that profanity and derogatory terminologies because I don't see a need to to explain and express myself. And that's because I studied. Yeah, I dropped out, but I went back. (laughs) I studied. That's right. I didn't drop out to hang out forever. I went out for a minute, but I came back and I studied because I wanted to do something with my existence. And I know the only way I was going to be able to do that was get the necessary information, experience, and tools that was required to move me forward to be able to stand here this evening. So I thank you for for tolerating me uh, and me being able to hold your attention for a minute. (laughs) I wrote this piece. I was in a Shakespearean mood, you see. I was thinking about William. So I, I started doing a little research, and, and I came up with, uh, with this terminology called uh, Parnassian. And when I looked at it, I said, damn, it's the Parnassian. That's heavy. But uh, it, it was applicable. It, it, it applied, and, and it was right on time, just what I needed. So I, I went back and, 
I went back and I, I, I came up with this. <laughs> I, I've been defined as an urban contemporary poet. And, and so I lay claim to the genre as an artiste par excellence bar none. That's right. I've wined and, and I've dined with, with kings and queens, the haves and the have-nots, those who are fortunate and those who are less fortunate. You see, here, there, Everywhere I am revered by all. That's right. I, I, I performed uh, at the court. I performed on the court, and uh, I performed off the court, <laughs> dazzling those who, who were in attendance with my lyrical efforts. You, you see, uh, but my, my, my aim is to affect the, the vital parts the heart, the spirit, the mind, the soul, to go deep, but, but not too deep, you see. Not as to confuse one and uh, get a little two way out, like in uh, talking loud and really saying nothing. <laughs> Wait, you see, Extensive terminologies, I, I have a problem with that. Extensive terminologies, they, they're fine. They have their place and they have their time. But I have pledged to avoid, with every vow, to further traumatize your mind. Because that's what that do. Yes, you call me a poet. And this is true, that my musings are straight from my heart. Like Hughes, Dunbar, yes, and old William Shakespeare too. I am privy to be known as a bar. Thank you. Thank you. I wrote this piece here for my dear aunt, my mother's youngest sister. She, she expired somewhere around 2009. Her and I were like sisters and brothers. That is, she was like my older sister because she was seven years older than I am. But in that, my mother left me with my grandmother in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I was born at when I was three years old because she wanted to come north to seek some source of employment so she could come back and get her family, not to, uh, you know, desert us or leave us, uh, abandon us, but so she could do something. So she came north, got a job, came back and got us. But meanwhile, my Aunt Elsie, um, when I turned six years old, 
She was the one who took me to school my first day. Never did forget that. And so we, we established a connection, a real bond. Big sister, little brother, even though I respected her as my aunt. So she expired in 2009. And I wrote this for her. It says, Sister Elsie, always there. She was always there for you, for me, for anybody down, trying to get up off the ground, trying to make a move from point A to point B, trying to get on with their life, trying to make peace between a husband and a wife. She was always there. The life of the party, a shoulder to cry on, someone to rely on. If you were down, she'd pick you up, brush you off, and send you on your way. You know, just make your day. (laughs) She was always there. When you needed a friend through thick and thin, on the bottom or on the top, share your last drop of good times, bad times, and even in-between times. You could always depend on this friend. She was always there. To share your heavy load, to put you in a better mode, bring you some relief from your pain and your grief, make you feel at peace and let you know that all is well and tomorrow is a new day. Yes, Sister Elsie, you were always there. You were always there. You were always there for me. And now, I'm here for you. I wrote this piece. <laughs> this, this little group here is uh, about uh, individuals that have transitioned, gone on to the, to the spiritual next level, hopefully. His name <laughs> was Shahid Howard Federico. El Adu Bay Smith. But his, his, street, his street handle was Rico. So I wrote this about this brother because he made an impact like that. <laughs> and I just, I just felt it in, in my spirit that I wanted to put something down about him uh, that would hopefully be lasting. It says, I'm sure that there must have been more. His life was like a music school. One day he danced upon the scene with his smile, his laughter, and his dream. Renowned world traveler, chef connoisseur, great jazz lover, a Muslim, a Moor. He moved and grooved in such a way with a zestful zeal with no delay. Flowing and going with the tide, he did venture far and wide. O oh Capricorn, friend of mine, I'll truly miss the treasured times. 
of days gone by forever dear, the thrills and chills of yesteryear. To the chef connoisseur, the Muslim, the brother, renowned world traveler and great jazz lover, bon appetit chow and bon voyage too, and may the blessings of Allah forever be with you. Thank you again. I wrote this piece. When this brother expired, I didn't meet him personally as such, but I did get a chance to shake his hand out at Morgan when he appeared out there for, excuse me, Black History Month program uh, somewhere around, um, somewhere around uh, 2000 and I think it was 2000 and maybe it was 99, maybe it was 99 or 2000. But anyway, I'm speaking about Gregory Oliver Hines, renowned, internationally known. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but however, Gregory, Gregory could do that thing. So I call this piece G-O-H, Go. It says, he took his rage to the stage with his boots and Harlem roots, like Bojangles, the Hines brothers, and Sammy too, just to name a few. He did his thing with Brother Maurice, Baby Lawrence, and Teddy Hill, just for a thrill on Sugar Hill. At the Apollo, he let it rip, never missing a beat with those tapping feet. On the silver screen, he did his thing, tapping, floating, even crooning a tune, staying busy with a zest with his quest for destiny. Through highs and lows, he, he stayed focused, wouldn't settle for nothing less done his best, tapping out his life on stages and rhythms, melodies and rhymes. Rat-a-tat, 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 tat, clickety-clack, 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 clack. This next piece I wrote about a dear friend of mine and some of you out there. His name was Bass Bullock. Bass left Baltimore in the 70s and went west. About 72, I think it was. And uh, went west. And um, so he would come back home every summer and reconnect with the, uh, friends that he had grown up with here. And we would have a reunion. And we're going to miss him, too. So Bass went on to, to get into his, his higher development spiritually. He he got in the uh, he got in the Christian church 
and moved forward and became a bishop. That's a pretty high post. And and when he uh, was uh, when he was going to be uh, um, given his commission as bishop, they brought him back here to Baltimore. And so he let us all know his friends that he had here that he uh, again had grown up with here, and he asked me to come over and take pictures and uh, you know if I wanted to do something uh, out of my repertoire of poetry, I could. And I appreciated that. So we all went and, you know, went through all the uh, procedure and all. Then Bass left and went back to California. I called Bass up one day. I said, you know what, Bass? I said, man, I said, you, you've gotten me. Um, you got me so inspired by your accomplishments that I want to write something about you. So he said, what? I said, yeah. I said, um, I, I, I don't have it together yet. I said, but when I do, I'll let you know. So he said, yeah, they, yeah, well, let me know when you get started, whatever. Well, maybe about three or four months went by, and then I called Bass once Saturday morning. I said, Bass, listen to this. I got the first passage. And so I went on and ran to him. He said, "Wow!" So, what is that? Is that how much is that it? <laughs> so I said, "I said, yeah." I said, "I said, I, can't, I couldn't go no further right now." I said, "But uh, it'll come, Bass." I said, "It'll come." Well, I am not going to lie to you. It took me uh, well over a year and a half or so uh, to put that together, but I wasn't going to force it. I don't force nothing. It's got to be natural uh, and given to me again by what I feel is the divine source. So um, anyway, after that period, I went back. I called Bass one Saturday morning. I said, Bass, I said, you standing? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, sit down. So he took a seat. He said, all right, I'm sitting. I said, okay, Bass, let me see how you like this. It's called The Bishop. To whom it may concern, the progress that was made, for the record, let it read this way, of the groundwork that was laid. His journey started long ago. He focused on his goal. The beginning would be a struggle, yes, but his testimony would be told. The creator did assign him and set him on a mission to be the best that he could be from pawn to knight to bishop. Conversely, how it all began with turmoil, days and nights as though he were the prodigal son in search of the guiding light. The sounds of silence in the night made him sometimes feel weary. But when the light of day shined through, his path 
he could see clearly. A warrior, he would stay committed and be a challenged man. Though his journey would be far and near, steadfastly he would stand. The long and winding road for him would glow for all to see that his life was an orchestrated move spanning from A to Z. And so, this should describe the way he strides, distinguished and ambitious, his dreams and goals all did unfold. From pawn to knight to bishop. Check. Thank you again. You're very kind. I, again, have a vast amount of experiences, of course, that at uh, my age, and and so it is. So I, 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 I observe when I'm out there, when I'm moving about in the earth and, and from this corner, um, that part of town, and, and I got lasting friendships and relationships all over. Never, never did look over my back when I'm moving about. Not to say that there's no imbecile out there somewhere. He's still out there. And I hope that's where he stay. But, uh, but uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't my concern. I, I, I'm not paranoid like that. Uh, so, but anyway, I started picking up on this red top's out, blue top, now get out, yeah, Mike Tyson. Never get out, red top, blue top, Mike Tyson. Everything that glitters ain't gold. There's always another story untold. Even Dr. Roof ain't the real truth. You see, what you see is what you get. And you ain't seen nothing yet. All those vacant buildings out there are so chilling. Treacherous streets where hustlers meet. Touters yelling, buying, selling. Hollering loose one, new one, drive by, shoot one. Whores hanging, junkies banging. Hollering killer B, Tessa's free. 17 on the scene, Mike Tyson, real me. Hey, yo, hey, yo. 5-0, 5-0. But it's a mirage facade. They'll keep you thinking that there's no hope, so you just keep on drinking. Keep you out there robbing and killing for dope. All the time your mind's a twisted joke. <laughs> but it's all for sale in the belly of hell. You see, it's by design. Bottom line. Daily out there. Center stage. <laughs> Urban warfare. Pow, pow, pow. Thank you.
All right. I guess I'm going to have to get to wrapping this because uh, we, want, we want to have a few minutes for those that uh, have a few questions and those that would like to purchase uh, maybe some of my products. But anyway, I have something I wrote down recently. Again, this is again coming from the motivation of the Baltimore uprising and the death of Freddie Gray. I said the origin of my effort began with my poetic thoughts and ideas about how we have our own little worlds of differences and behaviors and function accordingly. That was a monetary intervention whereas I was diverted from our original product. Things happen from time to time. We put things in perspective though and then we continue on to whatever it is in the next order of things by prioritizing them. My poetic efforts come from my life as I interpret it. It can be personal or practical. Fad or fashion has no influence. It's just a true testament of my feelings and emotions and the expressions of my effort that, has, that I have excuse me, with my motivation. For instance, the Baltimore Uprising unrest, revolt, or whatever other adjective you would like to apply, just don't call it a riot. That puts it in another category completely. I was around during the riots of the 60s. Remember I told you all that. Watts, Cleveland, Baltimore, Buffalo. This civil disorder that happened in Baltimore, April 2015, was no comparison by any measure of what occurred during those turbulent times and the period in our history, at that period in our history. And we can be blessed, feel very blessed, that it was no worse than what it was. Remember I said that. What's so sad, though, about all this is how we continue to allow our lack of human development, growth, maturity, and all the other positive adjectives to dominate us. After calling ourselves civilized, one to be recognized for our accomplishments by other societies. Okay? And when you say our, <laughs> me, I'm referring to the country that we live in, but in no way do I condone its practices or treatment of, of, of justice, peace, and freedom. But I guess here again, you could say that that's a work in progress too as we continue to move forward. As I said at one point in my logging, maybe <laughs> the next Million Man March, civil rights demonstration, or an all-out boycott may have an impact. Only time will tell. Okay, I'm going to close this out this evening with a selection from my uh, recent CD, and it's titled 
The Legend of Melwell. The Legend of Melwell. Well now, how did I arrive to that title and where did it come from? Well, maybe some of you in the audience remember a gentleman who was not that popular, and then he was popular. His name was Melvin Williams, a.k.a. Lil' Melvin. Well, Melvin and I, we were coming up during that period. I'm three years old in the years. I got out of the Air Force. I was 20. He was 17. That was when I first met him. I had no knowledge of him prior to that, but I did have knowledge of my dear friend Charles Gibbs and Frank Good, and I can go on and on, et cetera, et cetera. Avon Bellamy, and then on and on, and Charlie Duggan, and I can go on and on, but I mean, I had no knowledge of, of Melvin prior to that, but then as a result of me hanging down Fulton and Baker at that pool room there on the corner, uh, he started coming through there with his crew, Joe Perry, Lil Tank, um, I don't know, well, I'm trying to think who the other one are, but it slips me right now, nevertheless. Um, but he, he, you know, we, we arrived to a point of uh, respecting one another. You know, uh, I had no qualms about anything about the brother. I understood as I got older, you know, what drew him to what he got, where he went, and I understood, again, what drew me to where I went. You know, but we still, nevertheless, never lost respect for one another. And so, when he expired, I went to his uh, viewing down at uh, Al Wally's on Mount Street, and I had wrote this poem the uh, night before. I took it down there. I showed it to his wife and his two daughters because I wanted their approval. I thought that was only proper and respectful. And when they read it, they said they, they liked it. They said, oh, yeah, that's nice. And, uh, you know, that was just, again, from the paper. But since then, I don't went on to put music to it. So um, anyway, uh, they liked it so well. I said, well, if you will permit me, I would like to be able to share it with the people in attendance at the funeral tomorrow. They said, you would? I said, yes. I said, it would be my place. They said, oh, yeah, we would love that. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Wood, come on up. And I said, wow, you know, they really liked it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so um, the next day I went on up to, uh, to uh, um, I mean, Jamal Bryan's place up there, uh, his church, and um, that's where the service was held. So it was seven people that were selected, but it was six prior to me. That was already on the, on the uh, program, the six, but they added me in as the seven. And then they came to me as we got in line to give our little two-minute spill. They said, Mr. Wood, we want you to wait till last to say your poem. I said, well, to me, that's another compliment. You know, you want to say the best for last. <laughs> or the worst, huh? <laughs> so, however, uh, I said, well, thank you. I said, certainly. So, boom, I went up last and I read my poem and... Some stood, you know, and clapped, and some sit, but they clapped. You could still hear the loud ovation all over the church. I felt real good about that. So I told Melvin's wife, I said, well, I'm going to go forward with this selection, add it in with the rest of my tracks for my next CD, and uh, when I get it together, I'm going to bring it to you and let you hear it. So I just got the rough copy of... Uh, the CD together. When I, I was so excited when I put that music to it 
Because I liked it, you know, and I had to approve of it myself first before I'm going to put my name out there and put it out there for someone else to uh, opinionate themselves. So I said, yeah, okay, and I rushed over there and met her, and uh, this is what she heard. Love by us, but it's 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been nothing short of a pleasure coming from me to have the opportunity to share a few of my thoughts, uh, ideas, and what I feel, again, that uh, the Creative Spirit blessed me to be able to do. And I had a lot more, but, you know, time, <laughs> time gets up on you real fast when you're having fun. But thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Charles. Uh, that's always uh, an all-time requested uh, selection, Charles, that you and a lot of others ask me to do whenever I'm doing something. So I can't deny you, because you're one of my favorite uh, motivators. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this poem, Mind Time, I wrote it back in 1976. Excuse me. I, I, I stand correct, uh, to correct myself, 1966. Yeah, at that time, uh, again, I told you, I, uh, I've been around. And at this As it was, thank you. Thank you, Vivian. So um, I laid there and I got these thoughts together. Hey, Melvin. Yes, indeed. Another one of my constituents. Uh, so I got this, this piece together, just thinking about uh, whatever, you know, it transpired over the years and up to that point in time that had an impact, again, that had an impact on me and, and, and allowed me to be able to express my, my thoughts and feelings about it. The message is still very clear. It never changes from year to year. Muslims, Jews, Christians faking, mind oh mind. Is that you waking? Huh? Lived it, seen it, heard it, taught it. Now and then you've even bought it. Minutes, hours, days, and years. Shedding blood and shedding tears. Disappointment, disillusion. Riots, wars, and confusion. Saints and sinners all out there taking. But mine, though mine, what I want to know. Is it that you waking? Huh? No, is a busy world so blind? How can you be so far behind? The future's here right now. Can't you see no ropes or chains are holding me? Can't you keep your shoulders steady? Don't tell me now that you're still not ready. 
Ready or not, the thing you see is this is the 21st century. If this is not sufficiently, then the tears nor fears won't come from me. Mm-mm. Do you hear? The silence breaking. Mind of mind. Hey, is that you waking? <laughs> world so busy, world so blind. The waiting is over. And now is the time. The depths of those endless skies, the vision that fulfills my eyes. These are the things that I visualize through those depths of endless skies. The years that went upon their way, paved the dawn and up today. The burden that my people still bear. And the load we are still carrying with despair. <laughs> A freedom sought, but not yet gained. The coming of that old righteous train. The thought of ending our distress. Exuberance of happiness. These are the things we must possess. No sorrow, pain, or bitterness. Mm. <laughs> mind, oh, mind. Check it out. Oh, how this feeling got me rocking, got me really. Does not my heart beat tell you so? Or does my blood flow through it slow? Then see my eyes and how they glare. Can't you see them gleaming there? Hear me speaking out aloud. Can't you tell? This man is proud. Awake am I? Oh, yes. And with a grin, <laughs> my dreams and future have no end. I see it, I feel it, I hear it too, and I've got to have it through and through. That's right. It's mine time, world so blind, for mine sight and mine kind, for mine selling and mine seeking. For mine yelling and mine speaking. Mine walk. Proud. Mine way. Mine talk and mine day. That's right. No busy world. We see you peeping. So come on, just, just let us go and stop all that old job time weeping. You see, we've all got to start in this progress making. But mine, oh mine, I hope so. Hey, is that, is that you waking? Huh? Is that you waking? Huh? Is that 
Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed, no more back to thinking, time for thinking. Thank you. You're very kind. Well, you know, Sonny, I'm just going to say this is a fine arts moment at the round table tonight. <laughs> but I just wanted to, I've had your book for a while, and it yeah. amazes me that from 2002 till 2016, and you actually wrote the future of the Freddie Gray movement in your book, because... I fell in love with this plasma please piece. Mm. You don't have to mm. do it now, but I just want you mm. to know that yeah. sometimes when the voice speak out as a griot, you know the world hears you with that. Mm. So I just want to congratulate Thank you. You're just a tremendous. Thank you. You're just a tremendous artist. Tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Brother Robert, I'd like to just uh, thank you for this pre presentation, uh, continuing to be true to your art form. Uh, uh, I'm just delighted. Uh, so glad to see so many of my friends here this evening. Uh, so glad to uh, see you to be able to present your, 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 your skills. Uh, before your friends and loved ones, man, uh, it just fills me with joy. Thank you, Charles. Uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank all of those who came out this evening to participate in this event. I want to thank the library staff uh, mm -hmm. because when uh, they honor you, they honor me. And, you true. know, I, I'm, I'm delighted. Thank you so very much. That's true. Hi, Mr. Woods. Yes, um, when you write your poems and um, consider it complete, do you ever come back weeks, months, or years later and come back and rearrange it? No, I don't do that. Uh, but what I do, though, <laughs> I might come back, as you stated, weeks, uh, days, or months later and say, damn, I wish I would have. I wish I, I, wish I would have. But I won't change it once, once it's gone to print. Once it's gone to print. But say if it's not in print. It's just sitting oh, it's aside. it's not in print? Oh, you're saying before print? If it's not in print and it's just sitting oh, yeah. aside. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. You may look at it. All the way, way up to the, all way up to the uh, printer. <laughs> It'll look much different from when you first started. You can say, well, yeah, how come right. I didn't see that? That's right. Uh -huh. yeah, that's yeah. the way it is with me. That's yeah, why that's I ask right. you. That's uh -huh. right. That's natural. That's natural. But once it go to print. Yeah, I understand that. Then you say, I wish they had it. Yeah. Oh, it, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
Okay, well, if we have no other questions or comments, um, we'll be signing books so you can purchase books. And thank you all for coming out. One thing for Mr. Gibbs, I promised him. Somebody's going to write a book about me. That's right. Somebody's going to write a book about me. I know that. That's right. I can feel it in my bones. I hope it won't be long, though. I hope it's not after I'm gone, because then I won't get to see what all they had to say about, about me. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll scope my dedication to this old job time nation. Some of my trials and tribulations. Some of my previous occupations. Hard to tell what what would come from the mind, man, once it began to unwind. But but if they find in, in, in some small way, just some little small way, that I did brighten up their day, then of the record, let it show that it was written long ago. Uh, wait a minute. I think I think I hear that sound again. <whistles> Blowing in the restless wind. Somebody's gonna write that book though, child. Somebody's gonna write it sometime, someplace, somewhere. I, I just know they are. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs>